Taylor and Allie have the special tonight.
All right. Thank you, ladies. And uh, that's right. Sing it with power. And uh, I like that. Y'all did good. Uh, all the young people did well. And I'm just excited to see each of you here. Go ahead and open your Bibles tonight. Book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians chapter 1. That powerful passage, of course, God said to Moses whenever he asked the question, well, who, who do I tell him sent me? He said, you tell him, I am has sent you. I am. I am the all-existent one. I am the only one. I'm the only one you need, and I am the only one into heaven. Matter of fact, Jesus said that there are seven or eight I am's of Jesus, and he said, I am the only way into heaven. He said, I am the living water. He said, I am the bread of life. Jesus, even Jesus was the, in the flesh, he was the I am. And so that is a powerful song. I love to hear it. Remember, First time I heard Nicole C. Mullen sing the song, and uh, just a powerful passage. The preaching of the cross for just a little while tonight. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, get the cross. The cross. Uh, how many of you, just out of curiosity, have ever heard of a painter by the name of Rembrandt? Anybody ever heard of that? Rembrandt's? Okay, yeah. Rembrandt's, okay. Not that I've seen one in person. I think I have at a museum. Probably had it roped off somewhere. But Rembrandt painted a scene of the three crosses on the hill, Golgotha, the place of the skull. Calvary. It's, by the way, many of you know that. Uh, Luke 23, 33 is the only place in the King James Bible the word Calvary is found. Only found one time in the King James Bible. But we love the word Calvary. Matter of fact, it's, and it does mean the place of the skull, the place of death. But did you know in his very famous painting, The Three Crosses, and a lot of uh, art critics have talked about the scenery. I know we have some uh, artists in here. Miss Francis is an artist. Uh, Brother Tommy is an awesome artist. Of course, we have uh, the famous Jackie Hennington as an artist. There you have, I'm sure there's budding artists all in this room. And a lot of art critics have noticed the, the detail in the scene of Rembrandt's painting. He'll have the soldiers over there with the scowled look on their faces. He's got Mary over there and John, and they're sad and they're upset. And, and they say the faces. Now, I, I'd have to pull it up on the Internet. You can just pull it up and just type, type in Rembrandt. On the internet, Rembrandt, the three cross painting, da da da, bring it up. And if you look over on the side, and toward the corner, is another man in his painting. And it's Rembrandt himself with a guilty look of conscience, knowing that Jesus died for him. He died on the cross for him. The cross. In Jesus' day, to us, we, it gives us hope. But in Jesus' day, it represented death. It represented 
uh, kind of like one in our Sunday, excuse me, Sunday night Bible study class. Uh, it it represents a, like to, when Jesus said, "Take up your cross and follow me." It'd be the same thing as Brother Michael said, "Let's take up our electric chair and follow Jesus." As we've discussed, it's a you know in Jesus's day that's what they equated it as. This is an instrument of death. There is an author unknown. This quote, and uh, this this and this is pretty good. It wasn't original with me. Like I said, the, the source is unknown. There are no crown wearers in heaven who were not cross bearers here below. There are no crown wearers in heaven who are not cross bearers here below. Charles Haddon Spurgeon stated this. He said, we need men of the cross with the message of the cross bearing the marks of the cross. That's pretty good. Vance Havner said this. He said, the word of God declares we need to preach the cross and Christ crucified. It is every breath. An ounce of strength in our walk with the Lord and to remember what He did for us. Let's take a quick look at the, the cross. In 1 Corinthians 1, 18, the Bible says this, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish, it means lost, foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. What a powerful verse. If you back up to verse 17, it says, Paul said, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with wisdom of words, lest the what? Cross of Christ should be made of none effect. So tonight, for just a few minutes, what about the cross to you? We talked about in our class tonight, what's the difference between a normal Christian and a sold-out Christian? We use several different synonyms. But the cross needs to be paramount. And the first thing I want to notice is in the cross we have Christ crucified. You know, that Jesus died on the cross. Jesus gave His life on the cross of course, the most famous verse in the Bible, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Open your Bibles to John chapter, excuse me, Revelation. Now we're going way over here. Revelation chapter 13. And all, I'm in uh, Revelation 13.8, I'm sorry, give you the final address. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, talking about the Antichrist, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. That is an interesting verse. He was slain before the foundation of of the of the world of the earth, you know Christ crucified. You know when Christ died on the cross and he yelled out, it was a, a, a <clears throat> you know think about. I often wondered if I could. I don't know why. 
But I remember as a, as a kid thinking, what would be somebody's final words? Somebody's final words. You know, what would you say? If you, if you, it was holding somebody and there's been how many books and movies and real life situations where somebody's got the last words to say. They're passing away and they say the last words. Did you know we, we literally have Jesus' last words? His last words before he died on the cross. We have his last words before he ascended up into heaven. And, but, one, but that's not the final word. You know, when we think about that's it. That was their last words. Matter of fact, whenever you pull out a will, uh, what does it say? Their last will and testament. You know, and think about, but you know, it's not, and oh no, they're, they passed away. They don't have anything else left to say to us. But did you know when Jesus said the words, on the cross, it is finished. It wasn't a, a cry of despair, but a victory cry. I've done it. I've finished. It's finished. Everything. Did you? Some people preach that Jesus went to hell and 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 suffered there. But folks, whenever he died, it was finished. <laughs> there was no more, no nothing else left to pay. Now he did preach to some spirits in captivity. But that's a whole nother sermon. Jesus, when he cried out, it is finished on the cross. It was finished. All right. Uh, matter of fact, if you back to our text in first Corinthians chapter one. In verse 23, the word of God says this, but we preach Christ crucified. First Corinthians one twenty three. Unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. So, first of all, we had Christ is crucified. Next, we have redemption is ratified. This is an acrostic, C-R-O-S-S. In the cross, we have redemption ratified. In other words... Every drop of blood that needed to be shed was shed on Calvary. Matter of fact, uh, the very famous scripture about losing your salvation, if you could lose your salvation, Jesus would have to be crucified all over again. Uh, many, there's many religions, even here in Ashley County, that teach you can lose your salvation, but none of them get saved over the same way again. That's interesting. If you could, if you lost it, it seems like you would get it back the same way you originally got it. I worked with a uh, Pentecostal preacher one time, and I said, "Now tell me again, how do you, when you lose your salvation, how do you get it back?" And uh, well, before that, I asked him. I said, "How do you know you lost it?" Well, you feel God's spirit in your heart, you know, kind of like salvation. I said, "Well, okay, yeah." And that you need to make it right. And so I said, you get, so you accept Jesus all over again and you get baptized because you can't get to heaven unless you pray, unless you're baptized in Jesus' name. No, no. All you have to do is pray through. I'm like, where's that at? I said, where's that phrase pray through and is that in the Bible and show me, show me somebody who got saved again. And of course he could, couldn't do either. But, uh, Folks, every drop of blood, 1 Peter chapter 1, just head over there, is really cool. Redemption ratified is a fancy way of saying paid in full. 
paid in full. So if it's paid in full by Jesus, you can't do Jesus' work over again. You don't even have to add anything. In other words, kind of like, well, I, I believe in Jesus. Also, somebody asked this. Uh, oh, here's a quick sidebar note. Uh, because there was been different people said um, about uh, our two can- big candidates for president. And a lot of people said, you know, can, can we really vote for a, a Mormon? And I said, well, there's been a, did you know there's been a lot of presidents we've had that we voted in the office that had totally opposing views to Christianity? Mm-hmm. There have been, even back in the day. But nevertheless, uh, most presidents' pol- religious views uh, don't really bear out in their presidency. Some have, such as, you can take some examples, Ronald Reagan, you can just name off several others. But I think about the Mormons, and they say, they, I heard somebody say this here the other day, and the reason the thought occurred to me, getting off that political issue and going right into what Mormons think, they say that you're saved by, Mormons, that you're saved by grace through faith. And all that we can do. Okay? It's, they sound a lot like Baptists, but they're not. It is a works-based salvation. And all you have to do is you can, you can type it in, look it up. I can sit down with you. I can give you a sheet of paper that gives a summary of their beliefs. They, they do not believe in the salvation by grace through faith. It sounds like they do. They will quote to you Ephesians 2, 8, 9, which says, For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, but they'll add a phrase in there, and all that we can do, okay? So we've got to do something to add to it. Folks, to get saved, redemption is ratified. You don't have to do anything, just accept it. If somebody gives you a gift, all you have to do is accept that gift. There's nothing you have to do. You don't have to be baptized. You don't have to join a church or anything, that's another debate I had with a Church of Christ preacher one time when he said, you have to be baptized. And I said, well, that makes the preacher more powerful than God. Because what if the preacher, for some weird reason, said, well, I just don't want to baptize you. God's up in heaven saying, I wish I could save them, but Brother Michael won't baptize them. And uh, so that kind of makes the preacher more powerful than God. First Peter chapter 1, uh, read here, verse 18. What a powerful passage. For as much as you know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation or manner of living, received by tradition from your fathers, but you are redeemed with what? With the precious blood of Christ. And the waters of baptism? No. And church membership? No. The precious blood of Christ. Who's a lamb without blemish and without spot? There's nothing added to that. There's nothing more. In the cross, we have obtained opportunity. You know what this means when you say, in the cross, you've obtained opportunity? You know what God's Word says? God's Word says that He's not willing that any should perish. Did you know that? So you have opportunity. Through Jesus. 
In the cross, we have strength to stand. You know what this means? It says, Jesus, you have strength to stand because Jesus did all the work. And lastly, in the cross, we have salvation secured. And for the final scripture tonight, I want you to head to John chapter 10. The cross is powerful. He did all the work. He paid every drop of blood. There's nothing you can do to lose it. That's why the last S in C-R-O-S-S is salvation is secure. John chapter 10, verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Oh, by the way, have you ever thought about that? I give unto them eternal life. If you get saved and lose it in six months, you know what you had? Six-month life. (laughs) That wasn't eternal life. That'd be like God's an Indian giver. Did you know nothing He gives you in heaven He takes away? Nothing. Some people said, you know, there are scriptures in the Bible that talk about losing your reward. All those are the... Losing rewards is not what you did and earned, or if you will, not talking about after you're saved. You have crowns and heavens and whatnot. Uh, Losing reward means you had an opportunity to witness to somebody, and you didn't. You lost out on that reward. In other words, you, you could have had it, but you didn't. You lost out on that opportunity. But say you were faithful to the Lord for 10 years, and you earned... I don't know how God does it. Did you know the Bible does say, lay up for yourselves what in heaven? Treasures in heaven. So, no matter what crown or reward you may have, God gives you that. And then say you backslide. He's not going to take away your rewards for what you did while the faithful ten years. But guess what? If you were backslidden for another ten years, you won't get diddly squat. For those ten years. You could have had something. You could have done something for Christ. Matter of fact, did you know this? During a person's being backslidden. or, or and by, by the way, you can be backslidden and still come to church. You can be backslidden and, and have the appearance of, of Christianity. But everything, if you're backslidden before your relationship with God, the, what you did during that backslidden time, you can never get back. Can any of you go back and change the past? No, you can't do it, can you? So, you didn't lose this, but you lost everything you could have had there. But nevertheless, no matter what you get, we all know the Scripture. Revelation chapter 4 and 5, where it says we'll take those crowns and give them back to Jesus, who gave us the strength to do it anyway. Does that make sense? That's cool, isn't it? Say, I couldn't have done it. Without your help, here you go, you deserve it anyway. That's called being a humble servant. And then finishing up there, it says, I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. You know what, you know what this is saying? In verse 28 it says, if you're saved, you're in Jesus' hand. And if you're saved, in verse 29, it says you're in my Father's hand, which means 
the Trinity's got a double hold, triple hold grasp on you. And you're not getting out. Eternal security. And then he goes on to say, I and my Father are one. And you know what I've heard some liberal... I'm not going to finish that sentence. Liberal people say about that scripture, they say, well, that just means they're one in agreement. The, uh, my uh, Pentecostal friend who was a oneness Pentecostal, didn't believe in the Trinity, said, well, that just means they're one in agreement. No, what he meant was is that I'm God in the flesh. You know why? If you keep reading verse 31, uh, verse 33, he's, if you look at that, he's saying what? I'm God. They, what did it say? Verse 31. They, they started picking up rocks. You saying you're God. Well, guess what? He was. <laughs> he was. As we get ready for a hymn of invitation. The whole point of the message tonight is what? What are we going to do with the cross? What does the cross mean to you? And uh, whoever said that quote, I don't know who it is. There will be no crown bearers who weren't, were not cross wearers here on earth. Okay? So we have a crown. It's because of the cross. Jesus paid the debt, paid our price. Father, I thank you for this opportunity tonight. And I pray that you would help us to remember the cross. You did all the work. Every drop of blood was given for us so that we could have a home in heaven with you. Help us to share this fact and be proud of it. In Jesus' name, amen.